these are the uncertain times on multiple levels uh, in and around the professional environment hence a people leader should agree firstly to saying yes even if i don't know about it right now i should leverage a coach at the first opportunity that i get it Welcome to our weekly webinars. And as you know, the second Wednesday of month is the Future of Coaching webinar hosted by Ram Ramanathan. And while you're all pouring in and before we begin our webinar for today, please do let us know where you are joining us from, how you are feeling. Please use the chat box and let us know. I see quite a lot of known names. Welcome back everybody for today's conversation. Miami, Florida. Welcome, Michael. Sarika from Bangalore. From a rainy Cheshire. Welcome. Good day, good day everybody. So as you see, we are joined by uh, Mr. Samant Nayak, who is the CHRO of Society General, and you would know a lot more about him uh, in a minute. And, and yes, let me introduce Yamini, who is here, who's our moderator for the chat box. So if you have any question, please feel free to put it in our chat box and we will notice. Keep sharing your comments, your thoughts as you interact with our uh, conversation today. Having said that, over to you, Ram. Okay. <clears throat> Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Suman, welcome. Uh, is Michael from Miami, Florida. I, I, I hope uh, you're all well, Michael, you and your family. Uh, it, uh, I don't know whether this particular spot is where you had the problem with uh, Ian, or um, I hope all is well with you. So, um, as Komal said, uh, in, in this particular uh, webinar, we have been trying to get as many corporate leaders as possible in, rather than generally just talking about areas of general interest. And we have had people from Amazon earlier, with uh, Daimler and a couple of other companies. And today we have Suman, who is the CHRO of uh, Society General. He's been with uh, SoftGen for almost about 14 plus years, nearly 15 years. And uh, my own association, Kocharya's association with uh, SoftGen goes back about five years where we started working with uh, the previous CEO. And these are some of the things that uh, Suman might briefly cover uh, during the conversation. And if I'm not mistaken, Suman, um, I think Society General Global and you are headquartered in Paris. Uh, I think you won an ICF award um, last year or the year before or something, the PRISM award for yes. coaching, because it's one of the few companies that I know, and I'm deliberately using the word few, 
because there aren't really that many who have um, uh -huh. a centralized coaching uh, function um, and it's headed by a MCC coach with whom I've had a few hours of really very meaningful conversations and uh, they, they're pretty advanced in terms of use of various uh, assessment climate survey techniques and so on, which is one of the reasons why I started doing work with the Association General at a point in time several years ago. And much has happened since then. Um, so, Subhan, briefly, if you would like to say a little bit about your own career, I see from your LinkedIn profile that you just worked for one company, IEGATE, before you came to Society General. And you had, uh, it said that you speak Gujar Gujarati, and therefore I uh, uh, presume that you are a Gujarati. I'm not quite sure. But the name could be Maharashtri and all Gujarati. Or, uh, and also that you studied at Pune. So I did a bit of a quick research work, background work on that. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we could go into the specific kind of work that you you have experienced in leadership development. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Ram. And uh, although I'm not a very socially savvy person, I'm not on Insta, Facebook, that kind. So I'm quite surprised you still had so much information about me somewhere on the net. <laughs> so Google has been up to it, I guess. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm Sumanth, Sumanth Nayak, and just to precise, I'm the head of HR for Society General in India, because uh, as some of you might know, Society General is a global bank, headquarters in Paris, and uh, across, I think, uh, more than 70, 80 countries with a, a large population of employees. So that's our group. And I am uh, working in based out of India, currently based out of Bangalore, although we have two locations, Bangalore and Chennai. A bit about myself. Uh, yes, actually, I'm from the south of India, a place called Mangalore. It's uh, a bit from Bangalore, where I'm currently located. Uh, but I was brought up in uh, uh, another city, Mumbai, uh, which is a bit towards the west of India. And uh, Gujarati happens to be a very popular local language there. I was brought up amongst uh, Gujarati set of community. I love Gujarati food. I love the language. I love the people. So yeah, uh, there's a mix of everything. And being in that uh, state, I also picked up Marathi, which uh, happened to me by another spoken language. Uh, finished my graduation in Pune, another wonderful city that I'd love to be in uh, whenever I get a chance. And after that, yes, my first job and the only other job I worked at is uh, what was previously called iGate, now taken over by Capgemini as uh, one of the IT services provider. Uh, been in the US as part of that uh, organization as an on-site uh, coordinator and hence I love uh, Tom Brady. And when I saw somebody from Florida, I know the Buccaneers, I hope uh, he follows them equally. So uh, kind of uh, started following Tom Brady when I was there in the early 2000s, so still uh, remember him very fondly, and the game of football, of course. And uh, last 14 years, yes, I have uh, joined here in uh, Society General. So my career began as an IT professional. I was a software developer, grew the typical course of uh, journey, growing up the people management ladder. But somewhere uh, eight years back, uh, there was... Uh, a career conversation, I would say, uh, or I would call it, uh, which uh, encouraged me to step into this world of HR. And uh, over the last eight years, uh, played a few different roles of a business partnering, of a talent management, and so on. And 
was lucky enough at the start of this year to take up this role of uh, being the head of HR um, of Society General based out of Bangalore. Yeah. So that's a bit about me. Thanks, Suman. So to go into some of your experience, even though uh, you moved from an operational function into HR, and, and it's really what more and more companies ought to do, in my opinion, um, uh, cross-functional experience, uh, people with operations coming into HR and HR people going into operations and so on. And in terms of the larger experience in terms of leadership development in the last uh, eight odd years in uh, Society General here, if you could talk a bit about the kind of initiatives that have worked well uh, in Society General, perhaps outside that uh, you are familiar mm -hmm. with, and also some of them which haven't worked that well, so that uh, we get a flavor of uh, both what sure. your experiences and personal evaluations are. Thanks, Ram. Uh, so yeah, uh, from my own experience and what <clears throat> I've seen uh, um, and around me, I would say in my ecosystem, uh, I would define the way leadership development uh, going hand in hand with the coaching aspects of it uh, at three different uh, levels. Uh, one is uh, engaging with somebody like you, Ram, or uh, equivalent from the external world to help us come and coach our leaders uh, to develop them in their needs. Uh, so that had a good success story, I would say, over the last uh, five to eight years uh, that I have seen or I experienced myself. Uh, and I'll come back to the benefits of that. The second uh, way we have tried is to leverage our own internal ecosystem. And Ram, briefly what you mentioned, we have a coaching practice based out of Paris, uh, our headquarters, and uh, they do have a strong framework, uh, which encourages not only one-on-one -on -one coachings, but also uh, what we call the co-development. Uh, it's a group coaching, right? So that had a very interesting uh, kind of success, and I would like to maybe step into that also in a short while. And the last but not the least is our uh, managers. I mean, as a team, as the people leader uh, in the front, uh, we would also expect the managers themselves to be the coaches for their immediate team members. And this I'm talking of literally teams or managers who have like maybe 10, 15, 20 people, right? Uh, in terms of a uh, scale of success, I would say surely the external coaching has been uh, well received. Uh, it uh, brought in the outside in perspective. Uh, there was that uh, non-familiarity, right? When you speak to an individual about your own development needs, uh, if the person is uh, unfamiliar to you, I think it breeds that uh, ease, uh, that openness much more than if you're talking to somebody who already has worked with you or whom you are familiar with. So I think that was one of the key success. And of course, to say uh, that the leaders were able to benefit out of it was good. The core development personally for me was a eye opener. I did not believe uh, before I experienced it that you could have a group coaching, right? And uh, the way it was carried out, and then there was a framework which has been uh, conceptualized within SG, uh, Sogjan, uh, along with I think Airbus or some other company which uh, mastered it uh, ahead of us. And that framework was 
so intuitive, so easy to adapt. Uh, many of us then got certified into how to enable it, uh, facilitate it uh, for our own teams. So, but unless I went through it, uh, I was a non-believer. I always thought coaching has to be one-on-one, -on -one. but then of a group coaching for sure. The one area which I personally like to see uh, grow is the manager taking up the coacher as a coach hat. Uh, that's an area of work, I would say. And uh, given the scale and everything that we have, uh, I think it would take some time, but surely we are on that journey of wanting to make the manager to be also a coach for their immediate uh, team members. So that's, I would say, in a nutshell, the coaching uh, environment or the ecosystem that we have. Yeah, Suman, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, the co-development, uh, the way that you are carrying it out, I, I'm not quite sure. I'd like to understand a little bit more. And so I'm sure the audience too, whether that's really still done by an external agency or is it also a part of the third effort that you said, the managers themselves who've been trained and they take charge of it. How does it exactly work and what are your experiences? Sure. So, uh, like I mentioned, we started with our group uh, having a dedicated set of certified uh, uh, co-dev coaches who actually visited us. And this I'm talking of three, four years back uh, when things were uh, quite a bit different uh, for the travel and everything. So they did come to us. Uh, they made us, uh, some of our HR folks, including myself, experience it ourselves. And that is when I meant I really felt it is feasible uh, it has its own value uh, and the group coaching brings out a different perspective for yourself uh, not only for the others but for yourself and uh, which uh, is quite unique now where we are at is we have started certifying some of our hr colleagues in that framework <clears throat> so now they are certified to host or conduct the codev session for rest of our colleagues so we have started uh, scaling it up uh, to say we get more people certified and then they become our uh, coaches, uh, internal coaches. So they are able to do batches of uh, 5, 10, 20 per year of small groups, 5 to 8 member groups. So that has been a good uh, way forward, I would say. So it's really a combination of the last two that you mentioned, uh, both internal. One is the managers uh, as leaders working with others. There's yes. maybe subordinates or peers as coaches. Another one is as co-developmental uh, coaches themselves who are being certified in that. So yes. if you remember when we had a business roundtable about a couple of months ago with you and your CEO, Sunil, uh, we spoke a bit about, uh, let's say, in a larger sense, that group coaching, which could mm -hmm. work with team building as well and systemic approach and so on. So. Uh, how, how specifically has this sort of evolved in uh, Society Jindra? In, in what way have you experienced it? What additional benefits has it brought about for you um, other than, let's say, working individually with managers and trying to work for their professional development as well as self-awareness and self-development, et cetera? So this co-development, what additionally has it brought in for you? Sure, sure. So uh, firstly, maybe a bit on the way we go about doing it. So it's normally a very small cohort. Uh, we say, we recommend uh, not more than eight uh, participants uh, other than the coach uh, themselves. Uh, sometimes it's just a group of five, right? So it's a five to eight people. 
we try to match them wherein they may not they would not know each other from the past so they would not have any direct working uh, uh, equation so we try to make it as neutral an environment as possible surely no internal reportings so not a manager of manager and so on so we try to avoid those and then uh, the initial couple of weeks uh, so it's a once in a week uh, short uh, tours uh, kind of a uh, intervention and initially the coach lays out the ground rules and the way it would proceed and maybe also illustrates a certain uh, posture but after that it is a self running group the eight people get a opportunity one every week so in eight weeks we cover all the eight people the whole length of it in that week in that two hours of that week when we spend time it is about that individual so the individual will state his or her needs as whatever they have or what they are in for and the remaining of us become the coaches so in a way while there is the primary coach even the rest of the participants become a coach for this one individual for that day in that week for the two hours right although it sounds very utopian before but once i stepped into this maybe after the second week uh, once there was that initial hesitation and the ice breaking part of it we were able to touch topics sometimes even on the personal side not only the professional related the individual was really struggling with certain challenges of his or her own and those came to the fore and the individual was open more enough vulnerable and even trusting the rest of the group to saying it's okay for me to share that i have this challenge personally and i would like to work upon it and the rest of them held the confidentiality and the privacy and were more than willing to contribute to whatever in whichever way they could of their own uh, insights to this individual so for me this uh, learning which is together is the maximum benefit i would say which one on one surely that one individual will benefit and maybe the coach also the coach also takes away some learning by coaching one person but here i can see these five to eight people who come together for that duration of eight to 10 weeks become more than colleagues for the rest of their tenure because they have built that bond they get that familiarity the empathy and even offline i have known people started connecting themselves to saying hey sumanth uh, you have known me you have heard me can i not approach you on this topic the other topic so there is that networking the connection that starts building in this small teams which i would say is the big usp of such kind of a coaching setup which could not have been facilitated with a one on one coaching only fantastic so i mean uh, to be very honest this this is the first time i'm hearing of this kind of an approach in terms of doing okay. that where if i understood you correctly it's about coaching the individual but that coaching happens in a rota basis if there are eight yes. people in eight sessions in which that leader becomes a client one person becomes a client and yes. while there is a primary coach the others also act as coaches so in that yeah. sense um, uh they, there are a couple of things that are happening as you said one is the appreciation the vulnerability and all that things happen then there's a team building also which happens they yes. bond better 
but before that, uh, these people are already exposed to some kind of uh, coaching competencies no. to understand no. nothing at all. And, and that's the beauty of it. I knew uh, that would be the curiosity. So it's on the fly. And that's what I right. said, maybe max two weeks, right? Two iterations, right. and then everybody follows the rhythm. So there is that meta, the primary coach, right? Uh, the coach is there only to observe and ensure. What I mean by this is, let's say you are the client and the rest eight of us or seven of us are the consultants, as we call it. There is a short framework. You get your time to state what your need is, what your uh, thoughts are. We are not supposed to interrupt you, right? It's as simple as a decorum as that. And if I interrupt, the meta, the coach will guide me, Simon, saying, let's hear Ram first. Let's not interrupt. So we let the client speak. That itself is a learning for the rest of us, saying, why is it important to listen? You don't always respond to the first statement that the individual makes. You have to listen and let the person spell it before you respond. We give a time bond. We give literally like five minutes for the client to speak. And sometimes the client doesn't speak, but we don't interrupt. We let the silence be observed. That again reflects on building a patience when you're interacting with your colleague, with your stakeholders, with your manager, to saying sometimes words don't come easy, but you have to let the others to take their time, gather themselves, and then speak about it. Hmm. Sorry about that. It was getting to be quite interesting. I think we are learning about uh, a new method of co-developmental coaching, which, yes, I have heard about the theoretical part of it, but hearing from someone who's actually practicing it, uh, it's uh, really powerful. I ho hope we can get more sharing from someone as he joins us now, which he is. Yeah, you're muted. You're on mute. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, much better. Yeah. Sorry for that. Uh, so yeah. can I continue from where? Yeah, I... yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we do hold the... who guide them to saying that just because they're in the forum, it is reaction of some type that again builds a different kind of a mindset in the participants. So for me, this over the one to third week onwards, people follow a rhythm. So that's why there is pre-learning that the participants have to go through. Uh, it just builds over a few iterations. And I hope I was able to communicate and not uh, lost the narration in between. Yeah, um, like some people have committed here, it sounds like coaching circles and communities of practice and so on. So usually what happens is when coaches are trying to enhance their own competencies, when they've had a little bit already background, for example, one of the most uh, famous non-coaching coaching circles that I know of is done by uh, U-Labs, which is from MIT, Otto Schammer's Theory U where yes. uh, the coaching circles are formed as part of the community and they work on it, but then they get a framework before. Uh, coaching, comp mm -hmm. uh, whatever, uh, the other communities is really from ICF and others where they are already trained coaches who are practicing it. 
But what I find really very, very interesting and somewhat unique about it, pardon me, maybe there are some of them in the audience who are familiar with this in a corporate context, where you are actually learning by really doing. In most mm -hmm. cases, uh, what you do is you actually learn before and then you put it into action learning and then you enhance yes. that, find it, anchor it and so on, which you're doing, which is phenomenal, phenomenal. And then you're, you're getting um, advantage about uh, of this. And so a so couple of questions arising from that. Sure. So from that point, um, uh, do, do people think that they might want to go in for a more formal kind of training in coaching and uh, so enhance that that way? Or this itself uh, for you is is a good enough endpoint. Uh, this enough, uh, this by itself is a good enough endpoint. Uh, yeah. Yes, a couple of people, I would say, literally one or two people have raised their hand to saying yeah. they would like to go through a formal uh, coaching, but it's more the exception, and it wasn't part of our scheme of things. Our intention was to make that cohort functional to make that cohort to come together and uh, leverage their own so but yeah anything else was a bonus it's a byproduct and it's a bonus yeah yes. okay so if for example in this particular case the focus of the whole thing the objective is really um about the self-development of the individual and there is of course the byproduct as it were of the mm -hmm. individuals getting to learn coaching competencies, even if it is unstated, like you said, the listening competency, being silent, being yes. patient, allowing that person to open up and be appreciative, speak as little as possible, multiple other yes. things. You, If any of them go through now, for example, an ICF, ACC, they would automatically get that because they will score quite a few boxes out of that in, in terms of what the markers are. Possibly. But, but in, a, in a larger framework, um, though you said this main point and you are satisfied with this, would there be a value in this for you to systematically systemically expand it into a larger uh, organizational benefit, working towards not just the individual alone, but maybe as a second phase, once mm -hmm. this has been done with that group, working towards certain uh, larger goals for the team itself or for the organization? Would that, would that be at all relevant to you? Uh maybe if i answer it well uh, like i said uh, the third element which is still missing is to enable every manager who is in front of the team to be able to be that coach not the mega coach not the meta coach but at least for the primary needs of the team i would love if this kind of a mindset this kind of a framework is adapted by as many managers in the front uh, that would be a very wonderful target state uh, but uh, right now, I would say it's a journey uh, because we are talking of a sizable number of uh, this population and everybody picking the nuance, wanting to do it, doing it the way it's meant to be doing. This has been a challenge that we have been facing for quite a while in terms of introducing the concept of group work uh, in many companies. In fact, it has taken us uh, almost about five years um, before we have been able, uh, at least in India, at this point in time to be able to convince organizations that uh, uh, they could move to group work and later to teamwork uh, in addition to individuals as well. Uh, it, it, it's very interesting that uh, as a company, they have initiated it uh, themselves. Uh, the, 
in terms of the sustainability, Jennifer, I'm not quite sure exactly what you mean by the, uh, the, the, the sustainability, but if it's about understanding more like what Suman was alluding to in terms of uh, uh, more knowledge about the competencies and starting working from there in a, in a more, let's say, professionally educated sense, but at the same time, honing one's skills are going, I think it, it, it's uh, uh, certainly very useful. And I, I would consider that to be extremely important as well in, in changing the culture of the organization. And then at the next level, can that be used in addition to the benefit of the individuals themselves for their self-development? Is it possible to use it for the organization's benefit? Um, like many of you who might be familiar with the project Aristotle, the Google study, uh, is it possible then for the organization to set meta goals and measurable goals and move towards that objective, uh, objective. So yeah, that, that, that's really, uh, yeah, keeping it going is fine, um, fair, fair point. Uh, but uh, would, it, would it serve the organization better and the individuals better if certain elements were added to them so they don't just remain um, what you might call as uh, communities of practice or coaching circles, but can they actually lead to some specific end results? Um, if, for example, if you take uh, Theory U and the way the coaching circles are formed there, mm -hmm. uh, there is specific action point uh, that, is, that is agreed upon by the group. And so like uh, Suman, you said earlier, that individual client states what his or her felt need is. Here as a group, they work on it, debate it, and then say that they pick up a theory use much more of a collective societal kind of uh, operation where they determine something. The same thing can be done in an organization that let's say a group of eight people can come together and say, hey, look, uh, yeah, I've got this benefit. Next phase of this thing, can we look at what we can do uh, together uh, the way that each of us impact each other and are impacted by other people, um, can we define certain action points? And so move towards those action points. Then, um, like, uh, I, I'm sure we, we talked about the project Aristotle in Google when we met at the mm -hmm. round table as well. So if you are able to set uh, meta goals and specifically achievable goals and things that with the ROA factor, and you might actually see it as a measurable result uh, in the bottom line of the organization, in addition to whatever you're already experiencing as uh, uh, this additional self-awareness, self-development, et cetera, of individuals. Valid and wonderful thought, Ram. Uh, surely can be explored. Uh, have we explored it today? To my knowledge, no. Yeah. Uh, not that it has come to my attention, but yeah, uh, can be explored. I can see yeah. how it can be sent here. Yeah. Right. Actually, when um, yeah, you were trying to reconnect, uh, what I was uh, saying was that uh, uh, it's actually taken us about almost uh, five, six years now to be able to convince organizations. If you remember, even when we spoke about it in the round table, um, it, it took a lot of effort in terms of explaining how we can move from the individual to the larger group in a systemic manner. But of course, keep the individual always as a center, but in addition, expand it to the team as well as uh, the larger system. Mm -hmm. And which way you can, you can achieve multiple things. I mean, you can 
achieve organizational objectives in addition to the individual objectives and the team objectives. And you can have the ROA factors and so on and so forth. But one of the things that seems to have ha helped is mm -hmm. somehow during this COVID, um, I, I don't know in what way uh, specifically, but uh, the very fact that having many challenges and people find that to cope with change, uh, it's probably to better get a larger perspective of multiple people rather than one. I found this to be uh, gaining more ground. More people are willing to listen to us about group and systemic work. So what's your own um, uh, takeaway during this period? Uh, has it helped you more uh, because of the pandemic, because some of the reasons are associated with the pandemic? So uh, for sure, during this course, the need, uh, especially from a people manager, I would, if I were to say, right? Uh, uh, grew uh, differently, wherein uh, all of a sudden people rea reacted to work uh, remotely. For, for sure, uh, some of us faced uh, challenges in their personal uh, uh, lives, uh, which uh, the rest of us experienced it uh, from far. So yes, as a people leader, uh, all of a sudden the ability to empathize, the ability to connect with their own teams uh, at a different level outside of work became a need of the hour. Did we, were we able to leverage this framework at that juncture? I wouldn't say yes, because uh, at those days uh, we did not want to work or uh, those kinds. Having that the second year, which uh, many of us re-established this uh, uh, forum, and it was the first time we did it virtually. We did it uh, on the call, which uh, I would say wasn't a bad experience. It did work, but finally, people did uh, want it to be more in a closed room setup, if I were to say so. So we did not leverage it mostly during the phase of the pandemic, but uh, post bring it back into shape uh, through a bit of a virtual uh, connect. Okay, thanks. So one of the questions that have been asked by Saurabh is, I think you mentioned it already that uh, there was an agreement in terms of privacy and confidentiality, where there's specific mm -hmm. uh, ethical uh, compliances that were agreed upon before we started, you started with this group work? Uh, nothing as formal, uh, but yes, uh, the like I said, the meta coach, uh, the primary coach would uh, call it out and remind on a every session basis at the start and the end of every session, we do remind people what uh, we speak here stays here and uh, there is no, and I have not heard of any instances wherein it was breached. Um, I think finally it boils down to the trust element, even if we get something in writing in a formal way, uh, having people to believe it's for them and they're equally vulnerable as the others. So I think that trust element uh, played the part. And yes, the participation was voluntary. Even at that point in time, we called it out. If you want to participate, uh, these are the basics that we would want you to adhere to. And some people, maybe for whatever reason, uh, did not participate after knowing the particulars uh, of it. So yeah, it worked on that uh, trust uh, between the participants, I would say. Yeah, 
Yeah, in most cases, that's how it is done anyway, Suman. So, yeah. I mean, whether it's written down or not, I, I don't think that's uh, as much an issue than, mm -hmm. uh, than people understanding this is what is to be. Or what so. I'm cur curious about is, um, did you, I, I know that uh, in Sufjan, you've uh, done a lot of work in terms of surveys and post and pre and all that stuff. So here again, mm -hmm. uh, did you have an opportunity to measure actually in terms of both the self-development and the development of them as a group or a team uh, before and after, after these kind of programs? Yes, for sure, after, because there was no measure or yardstick for us to gauge because the individuals would come in with their own unique needs, uh, which we wouldn't know prior to it. Having said that, uh, these people uh, usually receive their 360 degree feedback and we use a, a personality assessment tool for our internal purposes. So we have those as an input for all these participants. And uh, the post, after they went through the eight, 10 weeks of journey, uh, we had a uh, forum uh, which they could come and share their experience. And we have seen a very good uh, uh, response not only from themselves but also from their um, immediate team or uh, let's say interacting uh, partners or managers who did see that change wherein the individual has picked up on certain elements which they spoke about uh, during the session and not to say we were able to divulge it but it was more a feedback did you see a change in Suman in the last uh, six months and if the manager or the colleague does point out something, we just observe it, not to validate whether that was the precise point uh, which the person picked up, because then we did not want people to know uh, what was the area of development that the person was going on. But yeah, it was more, I would say, qualitative assessment post the journey. Prior to it, we had given them few quantitative inputs based on their personality assessment. So it was for the individual to see how the journey is leading them, not more the ecosystem trying to judge or measure their uh, change. It was more empowered to the individuals. Yeah. I also know that you do have um, like a psychometric test uh, uh, for leadership mm -hmm. groups as well as uh, you have your reviews. So uh, these, uh, from what you're saying, these actually uh, were evidenced by improvements in those areas for the individuals as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and and roughly what percentage of your senior leaders uh, uh, have been covered by this process so far? Mm, I would say in terms of percentage, it would still be in the lower uh, between the 20 to 25 percent of the population, because given that it's a small cohort and it has to be done uh, over a period of time, it's not that we can run multiple batches in a year uh, or as many batches to cover. So yeah, the coverage is low uh, or uh, seemingly low, but uh, my uh, conviction or the satis personal satisfaction is uh, it's a uh, forum available for people who want to leverage, want to experience a new way of teaching, which otherwise is not made aware or not available. And hence uh, people who have gone through it have benefited. For me, that is a good uh, higher measure than the actual coverage, I would say, uh, which I would think they would take a long time to span across the organization. Yeah. 
No, I mean, even 20, 25, 30% is phenomenal, Suman. I mean, from statistical kind of thing, it's extremely significant numbers and they form a critical mass. Anything over 20% would really be yeah. an extremely powerful critical mass. So I think you, you guys are doing a fantastic job. So are there, like this one has worked so well, your co-development uh, mm -hmm. initiative, which uh, in a sense, is working towards the self-development of the individual leaders, as well as it is helping individual managers to be practicing as coaches as well. Uh, are, there, are there things that you have tried, but which haven't worked so well uh, in your experience? So uh, one thing which uh, has, uh, we would like to establish is wherein uh, in our headquarters, they do have many of the business leaders who have themselves taken up a bit of the coaching metal uh, and they undergo uh, the rigor of a typical coach, but then they're always uh, guided by the uh, MCC, uh, the head coach that we have. Uh, we wanted to initiate those uh, practices here uh, locally, which has not materialized. So that's one from establishing our coaching practice i would say but from uh, attempt at making uh, uh, some level of coaching uh, we had tried uh, uh, a very focused uh, coaching intervention for i would say the first line managers uh, it was more uh, organized uh, a partially training program in which there was a coaching element also uh, which did not finally, again, there we were not able to establish the uh, cohesiveness or the uh, togetherness that we were able to achieve in the co-dev kind of an environment, uh, although it should have, it had all the ingredients, right? Uh, it had, it was targeted to a population. Uh, they were all brought together who had similar needs, if not the same needs, because they were all dealing with the same set of uh, uh, professional challenges. Uh, it was a smallish batch, uh, 10, 15 people, and uh, we had external partners uh, with us. So for some reason, we tried it a couple of batches. Uh, it did not receive the same traction in terms of the people leveraging it as a coaching. They got some training uh, inputs or uh, learning inputs as a manager, what you need to do, but not as a, uh, enabling them from uh, their own development uh, professional development perspective so we could not put a finger to it as to what missed or what uh, step did we miss in that uh, setup okay so the here the objective was to train those people as coaches is was that the objective no no no, no. it was okay. to help them in their uh, managerial role so okay. we wanted to give so it was a combination of a typical managerial training program right but we also wanted to bring in the, for them to get coached, for, not for them to become a coach, for them to get coached. coached. Okay. <clears throat> so we did, have, we thought it would be a good combination to uh, have, to be told the theory and also when they practice it on the floor, uh, they are also having a coach who accompanies them uh, for a period of time, three, five months. Uh, but for some reason, it did not strike the chord. And these I'm talking of days when everything was uh, in-person, uh, right. pre-pandemic. So there was nothing missing, so-called missing or evidently missing element. But still, it did not 
come out as a one which people look forward to okay so so the, these were not like the code development program where your own no. internal uh, thing but external people came in yeah and and it was a training with a certain amount of uh, yes. coaching built into it which we yes. yeah um, i mean if you're interested we can always talk about it offline but um, yeah curiously um uh, I had coached about three or four people in uh, Sochin uh, mm-hmm. 30 days. Two of them actually later they joined a coach training program. They are both credentialed PCC coaches now. Nice. Uh, uh, one of them still with you in Paris, another one probably left. But uh, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a uh, there was a tremendous interest after they, when they get got coached, they got uh, very interested in the coaching process and they wanted to become coaches themselves. Um, so that that but that's part of uh, your own history. Uh, so there was something that uh, moving away slightly from whatever we talked about mm-hmm. uh, briefly i mentioned to you before we started when komal you and i were mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. uh, during the pandemic um, at least three of these uh, famous buzzwords now uh, which are pretty much like memes kind of a stuff one is the work from home another mm-hmm. one is a great resignation and then the quiet quitting and all that stuff so mm-hmm. Uh, the work from home which became pretty much de rigueur mandatory in many of those cases um mm-hmm. like i mentioned to you today i saw uh, the news item from tcs uh, the largest employer mm-hmm. in india perhaps uh, in the software industry saying that now we would like people to come back home if they don't uh, come back to work and if they don't <laughs> they they would probably be uh, not working with us anymore and this was a company mm-hmm. which about 2 years 3 years ago said very proudly that uh, look we are actually seeing much better productivity in terms of uh, people working from home uh, then coming to work so what w- what's really happening not just in softgen but generally uh, we very briefly talked about it if you would like to expand a little bit uh, on that aspect of it yeah so uh, yeah interesting times ram as uh, all of us would acknowledge uh, the last uh, two years uh, at least personally i thought uh, after we are out of the pandemic uh, we would be coming back to the usual ways of working but uh, now there are these new uh, aspects which we need to go through so my take uh, ram is uh, as an industry overall and no one organization mm-hmm. i'm commenting for everybody is learning everybody is trying to adjust uh, the in a way if you look back maybe it was much easier the day the pandemic hit us it was like a switch you moved from 0 to 1 you were working from office and then all of a sudden you had to move to working from home and it was meant for everybody it was like just that mega switch having to be put on or off whichever way you look at it of course technicalities and all aside but there were no other uh, regulation related thing many of the uh, it was done as an organization it was done as an industry it was done as a country global but now coming back into the new ways of working i think it is a divided house uh, should you stay back in the way it has worked the last two years or can you find a balance win i think that balancing act balancing act is something what every organization has to figure out for themselves many of you may have some experiences uh, yourself uh, either people who might be working in organizations or 
probably coaching there uh, in some capacity or another. So if you would like to share something about uh, what you have experienced on these, uh, the work from home, um, do most people now would like to stay at home and work? Would they like to come back to work? Is there a midpoint somewhere? And is that what is also uh, those stresses and strains leading to the so-called great resignation, uh, which somehow or other seems to have, uh, that phase seems to have ended from what it was like in like gather, especially in North America, and uh, quite quitting. Um, if any of you have any um, specific observations, uh, queries about that. In the meantime, let's wait for Suman to come Sorry, back. Sorry, Rama, I don't know yeah. where you lost me. I'm trying to yeah. say the organizations are trying to find the balancing act of yeah. what is the way of coming back to office? Is it all five days a week? Is it uh, two days a week? Is it uh, never? Uh, so while coming back, so this is one uh, to find the uh, ability to integrate the people who have joined us new, right? And it's a sizable population. The second is when we are coming back, uh, now there are the ecosystem that we need to adhere to. What I mean by that is many of us or some of us rather are part of what we call the SEZ zone, right? The special economic zones, which come with their own tax uh, benefits for the IT services. So we have to now follow certain government guidelines, which I would think are uh, the usual ones, which we always had, but uh, we cannot be, there was a reason why we work from home. It was exceptional situation of a pandemic, but now when things are supposedly back to normal from a health uh, ecosystem point of view, we have to follow certain guidelines. So I would think the next six, nine months, all organizations are going to still uh, dilly-dally to figure out a good balance and uh, until then uh, there will be these uh, odd uh, conversations which people might think uh, is that the right one or uh, could that have been done in a different way but yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting times of change no that's a fair point uh, so i mean ultimately there is not going to be a right or a wrong and yeah. these are dynamic issues which might keep changing but if you were to take away the acz part of it which might compel mm -hmm. you to have a certain amount of uh, work presence as it were, but even uh, let's say a personal feel or your own team work or whatever it is, uh, where do you actually uh, see as a, 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 a potential resolution to this? Is it going to be that people are going to be comfortable uh, five days a week, eight hours a day, whatever it may be uh, at work in a desk, or is it going to be somewhere halfway what, what, what do you think is likely to be happening? I think half halfway would be my take uh, because that gives a good uh, balance between both uh, the personal needs, uh, what we have been now used to over the last two years of working from home, and at the same time respecting the uh, larger ecosystem that we are as professionals. Uh, like I said, we have a new set of population coming in. In the future, we will have many new people coming in uh, as uh, uh, we grow. So it can't be one and zero. It has to be somewhere in middle is my view. And uh, it's a win-win uh, from all aspects, uh, at least to the way I see today, uh, unless there is some unknown event uh, holding us uh, in the future. Yeah. 
I think, um, yeah, I think it was Robert who had made a comment saying that it's just, just about the units of production, but it's also about the interaction of people, the societal yeah. needs, the tribal needs, and so on. That That's going to be certainly there. Now, yes. some of the other stuff, like the great resignation, quite quitting and on. So what's been your experience or what's been actually your takeaways from other industries as well? Because I'm sure you are interacting with other HR managers from other companies as well. Yeah, so these last, I would say, 15, 18 months, uh, especially in the India talent industry, have been massive churn. And uh, one way to look at it is all of us were in, a, in it together. So the burn or the pain was uh, for all of us as an organization. At the same time, uh, I'm hoping it's a uh, slight aberration. It, it's not here to stay. Uh, so the demand doesn't short up and supply, I'm sure, will catch up in the next few months, if not uh, more. So that way, and we should be running a steady state uh, sooner than later. I am hoping already we are there. Uh, now, uh, everything that's happening is around the eco-political, uh, geopolitical uh, situation. Would that have an effect on of any kind of a reverse trend, or different trend in the talent market of India, I would say, is to be seen. I think it's anybody's guess. Everything that's happening in Europe, in US, uh, recession and everything outside of that. Uh, but outside, if all those factors don't come into play, then I would think uh, this great resignation that we saw uh, in the early part of this year should uh, hold back a steady rate, even though it's a slightly higher than what we were used to before the pandemic, but it should come back to a more plateau or steady state uh, phase in the next uh, couple of quarters. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is probably the last uh, question or, as well as a comment. I mean, some of the things that you talked about, uh, 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 not so strangely, is what we actually see happening around in many uh, other entities, institutions as well. One is that individual coaching itself, people are finding it uh, fairly expensive uh, from a budgetary point of view. And also, it's not always that there is a trickle-down kind of effort in terms of that awareness being communicated down. And so organizationally, it's a change. It's not very easy to measure the changes. So more and more companies are going into uh, either the group work or like what you're doing, it's even one step better where the co-developmental work with your own people uh -huh. uh, doing that. And like you said, uh -huh. there was this experiment that was done, which wasn't probably working. We are actually working with a few companies where we are sort of reframing the training part into a, a group coaching kind of an effort, which includes self-awareness creation, mm -hmm. which includes coaching, but at the same time, it also imparts certain specific skills of coaching. So these are some of the trends that we are seeing, uh, and all of them are primarily because they are need-driven um, in terms of what is the maximum value people can get out for the uh, least buck as it were. So how do you see um, uh, the the whole aspect of leadership development uh, moving. How exact and what role is, is coaching or a combination of coaching with training, group coaching, etc. Uh, what role is it likely to play? What do you think? So uh, my personal views, Ram. Uh, if at all, these are the times when uh, coaching mindset 
uh, would really help. Why I say a coaching mindset is, uh, yes, we can always line up a good uh, coaching environment, but people have to be willing to receive the coaching. Coaching, it's receiving feedback on what can be. It's not normal that people would shy away saying, I don't need a coach. I think I am doing fine and things. So why, why I stress on that is it, these are the uncertain times on multiple levels uh, in and around the professional environment. Hence, a people leader should agree firstly to saying yes. Even if I don't know about it right now, I should leverage a coach at the first opportunity that I get it. That's one. So that's a change I would uh, convey or request uh, to all of my colleagues. The second is yes, we need to help build that coaching ecosystem, which is where we need to empanel uh, as many coaches, internal, external, whatever combination we can. And the third, yes, personally, uh, I'm uh, like I said earlier, I'm become a strong believer of co-development. So my bet would be having a co-development or whatever we call it, uh, uh, coaching circles or communities of practice uh, equivalent uh, should be the way forward wherein we encourage people to say, yes, you should undergo coaching, build a coaching echo environment, and yes, try and leverage the co-development would be my thoughts towards that. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Suman. Um, I mean, I'll follow this up with you, personal conversation. Sure. Later. But these are exactly, I think, what, what I see happening in many other institutions and with mm -hmm. the measurable results and which you are already doing as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you very, very much uh, for this uh, truly educative uh, learning session. And I certainly learned something new today in your from your co-developmental uh, work that you're doing. Thank you to you and your team and sincere apologies for the networking issue. Normally it doesn't happen just to yeah. have to be the okay. Yes. So okay, so try to be better the next time. See you. Thanks. thanks a lot. Thank, thanks, Komal. Thanks, thanks all of you audience who joined us today. Sorry about the bit of trouble that we faced in terms of yeah. bandwidth issues. Thank you. Bye. Sorry Take care. Bye-bye. Right.